0: So as I go into this word, I hope it is what you need. I hope that you're praying for me. I hope that God touches you, that he blesses you. Amen. Amen. That you get what you've been searching for. Amen. That your coming was not in vain. I know that, you know, when when this word goes forth, it's going to do something. Amen. Amen. It's either going to draw you toward him or it's going to make you run away from him. Amen. But I pray that it draws you toward him on today. Amen. So. Y'all would just, very quickly, just stand one more time for me. Amen. I'm going as I lay it. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Father God, we come before you, God. We thank you. We praise you for this day, Lord. I thank you for each and every person under the sound of my voice, Lord. I ask that you would guide me, Lord Jesus, as I deliver this word to your people, God. That it would be everything they need, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just ask, Lord Jesus, that you would make us heroes on today, God. But not only hearers, God, but doers as well, Lord Jesus. That we would be able to take what is said on today, God, apply it to our lives, Lord Jesus, and run on and see what the end is going to be, Lord Jesus. We give you all the glory, we give you all the honor, and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Down, my devotion service on, so I mean, I don't even want to know who here till it's time to preach. So I don't think it's premeditated. I mean, I don't know who here till I look up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Um, if I had to use for a title today, if I had to have a title, the title is Secondary Promises, amen. Secondary Promises. Um, and God gave me this title because a lot of times I, I, I began to realize that a lot of times we settle for things, right? God has one thing for us, but whether it's fear or other people, you know, we we struggle to get what he has for us. So we end up settling for secondary promises. Amen. And so the last couple of weeks as I've been studying, I've been on this, uh, this idea of um, just unhealthy strength. Depending depending on yourself, depending on your own strength versus depending on God. And a lot of times when we depend on our own strength, we end up settling for a secondary thing. Like, you know, it ain't bad. You know, it might even be good, but it's not what God wanted for us. It's not great. It's not excellent. Um, And that comes from unhealthy strength. It comes from being prideful, from trying to do things on your own, from just trying to have things your way. Um, and so today I'm going to be in the book of Exodus and y'all can remain seated for the word and unless it hits you and you know, you you stand up and, and, and let the Lord know that he's talking to you. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to start and I'm going to be in Exodus chapter two and I'm starting at the 11th verse and it reads, it says one day after Moses had grown right into adulthood, he became an adult. It happened that he went to his countrymen and looked with compassion on their hard labor. So if you know anything about the story of Moses, he was sent down the river when he was a baby. He was found by an Egyptian person or Egyptian woman, and he was taken into the palace of the king. And he was raised as an Egyptian, but he was really a Hebrew. And so when he got grown, he went outside one day and he saw some other Hebrews and he saw their hard working conditions and he saw an Egyptian beating one of his countrymen. He turned and looked around and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. He went out the next day, and he saw two of his Hebrew men fighting with each other, and he said to the aggressor, why are you striking your friend? But the man said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you kill the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and said, certainly this incident is known. And so as I read that, you know, I want to go back to the 11th verse. It says one day after Moses had grown into adulthood. You know, when we growing up, we see things one way, right? We see like, oh, that's just how it is. We see mama going through stuff, daddy, auntie, uncle, grandma, and we see things one way. And then as we start to get older and we start growing up, we start saying, Hey, that ain't right. That ain't right. And then we try to take matters into our own hands and we start trying to fix stuff, right? Like God don't know what's going on, like He not in control, like He hadn't been there since the beginning of the time. We grow up into our adulthood and we start trying to fix stuff. We take matters into our own hand, right? And so that's kind of what Moses did. He grew up and he said, I'm going to fix this problem where Egyptians keep hurting my people. I'm going to fix it, right? But then in the next verse, he goes around and he sees his own kind. He sees his own people, right? We start seeing stuff in our life. We want to go out and fix the world, right? You might might be on your job where you see stuff wrong and you mad and you try to take it into your own hands and fix it, right? But then when you go home, you see stuff going on in your own house. And you don't handle that the same way, right? But these, these men call Moses out. He say, what, you going you gonna to kill us like you killed them? He said, I saw what you did. I saw how you handled that situation. Are you going to treat this situation the same way? And so a lot of times what happens in our life, we're just like Moses. Moses saw a need, but he handled it the wrong way. He let his anger get the best of him. And that's a sign of unhealthy strength. When things are going wrong in your life and you let your pride and your anger get the best of you and you say, I'm going to fix this thing. I'm going to settle this matter. And you try to do it your own way. That's a sign of unhealthy strength. You're not depending on the Lord to fix it. This thing going to get good in a minute. You're not depending on the Lord to fix it. You try to do it your own way. And so the 15th verse, it says that when Pharaoh heard about this matter. When he heard what Moses did, he tried to kill Moses. And then Moses fled from Pharaoh's presence and took refuge in the land of Midian. Where he sat down by a well. And it's a lot in that one little verse. Number one, it's like when, when God sees how you handle these situations and he, gets, and he gets a wind of what you've done. And he starts trying to correct you, right? Like you handled that the wrong way. Instead, a lot of times, instead of owning up that we handle things the wrong way, another sign of unhealthy strength is running, not being able to humble yourself. So Moses goes on the run. He's a fugitive. He goes on the run. And then it says, he fled from Pharaoh's presence, and he took land. He took refuge in the land of Midian. And I know this word might not mean that, but that's just what I just keep thinking about. He's just in the middle. He's like in no man's land. He, like, he ain't here or there. He just caught in the middle. And then the word says he sat down by a well, so he's in need of water. He's thirsty for something. And a lot of times when we operate in our own strength, we go on the run, we caught in no man's land, and we find ourselves in a dry place. And that's what happens, right? We take matters into our own hands and we send ourselves on this this unnecessary test. we be in a perfect position to do what God calls us to do, but because we're trying to do it ourselves, we end up running off somewhere else in the middle of nowhere and we just out there stuck struggling. Amen. Unhealthy strength will have you run away from God to seek refuge when God's protection was always available. And I say God's protection was always available because if you go back and you read the beginning of that chapter you will know that God was with Moses from the beginning. He was protecting him when he was a baby. Yeah, yeah. He was supposed to be killed, but he number one you got put in the river and you survive. Number two somebody found you and not just any old body, but he ended up taking you to the palace, right? So God's hand of protection been on you that whole time. But when you got grown, All of a sudden, you're going to try to fix stuff yourself. Right. And so the 16th verse tells us, it says, Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water from the well where Moses was resting and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flocks. And that's the thing, like, so I began reading this like, and, and y'all, a lot of times I'm reading in the bed. I'm like, I'm reading, and I'm on my phone, and I'm reading, and God just started talking to me. And I said, God, it's amazing how a lot of times we are we are so clueless to the gifts that we have. Right? Moses was supposed to be God's shepherd. Moses Set God's people free. Moses led God's people through the desert, right? Moses, God led him all the way there. He put him in a place to do just that. But Moses took an alternate route. He took a detour and ended up going through this unnecessary test. And so he winds up in no man's land. And these, these women are getting ready to water a flock. They are tending to their father's sheep when they get driven out. The, the other shepherds like, y'all can't water these. This flock, and they try to they try to push them off. And what does Moses do but stand up, defend them, and water the flock? It was second nature for Moses to take care of sheep. It was second nature for Moses to tend to the flock. But Moses didn't realize what he was called to do. And a lot of times we out there and we out there in no man's land. And God got this gift, and He got this calling, and a lot of times we we already kind of operating in it, yeah. but and it's second nature to us. But we don't even realize, like, girl, you you doing your you you operating in your calling, you can't see that. Like, dude, you that's your calling, you can't see that. But we just out there lost, not even realizing, right? And so the 18th verse says, when they came to Ruel, also known as Jethro. So when they came to Jethro their father, he said, how is it that you have come back so soon today? So that, that that let me know that these women often got ran off. And so it probably would take them all day to water the flock when these men chased them off. But today they came back early because Moses stepped in and he intervened for them and allowed them to water their flocks earlier. Right. They said an Egyptian saved us from the shepherds. He even drew water from the well for us and watered the flock. Then he said to his daughters, where is he? Why have you left the man behind? Invite him to have something to eat, right? And that's the thing, right? When you start operating in your calling, God going to start providing for you. Moses was, he's on the run. He's in the middle of nowhere. He sat down at a well because he probably was thirsty. And because he he, he started to operate in his calling without even knowing it, God provided. He said he sent somebody to go get him. Come on to my house. And that's the same thing that the Lord does for us. You can be in no man's land, but if you have a heart or you just begin to operate in your calling, like God never gives up on you. A lot of times he had you in the right place from the beginning, but we mess it up. And even when we mess it up, he's still seeking and he's still looking for us. He still comes to find us. So Jethro is like, why did you let this man go? Go get him and bring him. To, to our house. Invite him to have something to eat. Moses was willing to. Remain with the man. And he gave Moses his daughter. Sipporah. To be his wife. God is so good. Yeah. Right. He's so good. He's so good. Right. God is still blessing Moses. But the thing about it y'all. These are what he's blessing Moses with. These are all secondary promises. He could have had these things without having to go to the desert for 40 years. Mm -hmm. Exodus 2 and 22 says, so during this time when Moses is is in Midian and he married Zipporah, the word says, Zipporah gave birth to a son and she named him Gershom, which means stranger. Well, Moses said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land, right? So all while Moses is in this foreign land, he demonstrated a willingness to serve the flock of another person. And because of his service, he became a part of a family, right? He became a part of the family and he began to give birth to things. Things started to turn around for him. The only thing is like he ended up having to spend 40 years in this place, when he could have did what he was called to do from the beginning. Amen. And what I mean by that is, if you know the story of Moses, you know that Moses is going to deliver the people, right? God put him in that place from the beginning. When he was a baby, he took it, I'm going to take you straight to the palace. Amen. Amen. Yeah. He could have grew up and influenced Pharaoh to do what? Set the people free. But one day Moses, when he reached adulthood, he said, I'm going to do this my way. Yeah. And he ended up trying to fight with force. I'm going to kill an Egyptian for, for, from abusing my people. I'm going to fight back this way. And that's that's unhealthy strength. When you try to fight your way, yes, God can still bring you to that place. But you might go on a 40-year detour yeah. Yeah. that you didn't have to go on. Yeah. And the and the key to unlocking that, that deliverance or however God want to use you is simply use your gift. Use your gift. Your gift makes room for you. Moses went all the way to this foreign place and demonstrated a willingness to to serve another person's flock, and his gift made room for him. And the same thing would happen if he had stayed in Egypt. His gift would have made room for him. When God wants you to do something, the only thing that can stop it from coming to pass. Is you. Another man can't stop it. A woman can't stop it. The government can't stop it. Money can't stop it. When God got something for you to do, the only person that can get in the way of it is you. Your gift is going to make room for you. It's going to put you in the place. It's going to put you in the room with the people that need to hear your voice or need to hear your testimony. All you got to do is operate in your gift. You got to stop taking matters into your own hands. You got to stop using that unhealthy strength. God placed him in the palace as a baby. He was already in place to deliver God's people, but his unhealthy strength took him on a 40 year detour. So by the time we get to Exodus and, and, and I'm almost done, this is a short message. So by the time we get to Exodus 2 verses 23 through 25, it reads, Now it happened after a long time, about 40 years, that the king of Egypt died, right? I began to think about all the things that's going wrong in the world. You know, a lot of times we think it's so bad for us. But if you have grandparents, right, or or great-grandparents, like I was blessed to live and my my great-grandmother was blessed to live long enough. She passed when she was almost 99. She was born in 1912, Right? And we look around and we see all of the things that's going on, monkeypox, coronavirus, inflation, right? But she lived through World War I, World War Two, the Great Depression, Vietnam, civil rights movement. Like, it's going to be things. It's going to be things. It's going to be things that constantly attack us from every area, right? God has us exactly right for a time such as this. Stop stressing your situation. Like, stop stressing your surroundings and saying, why me? Why not you? Amen. Why not you? For a time such as this, he has you exactly where you're supposed to be. But our unhealthy strength make us feel like we're supposed to be somewhere else. Like we're supposed to be doing something different. Or we're supposed to be able to do it our way. Right, all of these people, whether they they fight politically, whether they fight over racial issues, I thought about that when I was reading Moses. Like that part about Moses, right? He gonna kill an Egyptian. So, black folk, you can walk around and be mad at white people all you want, but then when you go to your neighborhood Amen. and you see black people doing that in the foolish, do you call them out on the same thing? You talking about other people holding you down, but then when you go to your neighborhood and right. see. Destructive behavior. Yes. Do you say the same thing then? Yes. Right, that we people out here trying to fight battles with unhealthy unhealthy strength, trying to do it your way when really trust God and use your gift. Minister to people, tell them the truth about Jesus. And won't God do it? So it took them 40 years. And the children of Israel groaned inside because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry for help because of their bondage ascended to God and that's the thing I want y'all to catch that it says when the people cried out when the people cried out so if you go back 40 years before they were fighting each other and Moses was trying to fix the problem himself but God was like Moses the reason the problem is not fixed is because the people hadn't cried out yet. Sometimes we be trying to fix people. You can't fix people till they're ready to be fixed. Amen. You out there trying to do it on your own. You're going to make them change. You can't make them change. You can't make your children change. You can't make your parents change. It's not until they cry out that God say, okay, they're ready to be fixed. Now go and give them a word. Now go and give them a word. It says they cried for help because their bondage ascended to God. So God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. God saw the sons of Israel and God took notice of them and was concerned about them. Knowing God, y'all listen to this. And God was concerned about them. And what that means when God is concerned about you, that means he knows all. He understands all and he remembers all. And that's why I tell people, you can't honestly think that you care more about people than God cares about people. Do you know all? Do you understand all? Do you remember all? So how are you going to love them more than God love them? Right? You might be thinking, I got to say this person. Well, do you know all of the things that they did to put themselves in that situation? Amen. And you trying to snatch them out of there, but if you snatch them out and they never come to a point where they cry out, yeah. guess what they going to do after you deliver them? They going to go right back to bondage. Because God didn't deliver them, you did. Amen. Amen. And you an insufficient savior. You an insufficient savior. Unhealthy strength. It'll have you selling for secondary promises. It'll have you going around like that song I'm about to sing, You Got to Go. it had have you going around and around. Round and round you go. Right? Oh, you can rap, but I can't. <laughs> living in the land, living in the land of Median, living in, the, living in this desert place. Right. And I know we all think, you know, some of them people that they, oh, I'll be like, no, I went not change nothing I went through because it made me the person that I am. No, <laughs> no, no. God, might you know, it might be Romans 8 and 28 where he turned around and he used it for your good. Right. Because that's that's him. That's his goodness. Right. He can make that thing what the enemy meant for evil What he tried to use it to destroy you. God can turn around and, and use that for your good. But to say that you wouldn't change nothing. To say that you wouldn't change nothing. No. No. And what happens is, it's like we get so we get so comfortable settling we Get so comfortable settling that we'll turn around and look at those secondary things as if ooh, God blessing me. Like, ooh, God is good. But the word say that He came to give life and not just that, right? But He came to give it more abundantly. You supposed to be feeling like you just all like, oh God, stop, you blessing me too much. That's as a Christian, you should feel like God, you're blessing me too much. Right, you should be feeling like like God, you giving me so much that I can't hold. Y'all know the story when they was out fishing all night long and couldn't catch nothing, and then Jesus got in the boat and they put the net over the side and they pulled it in, and it was fish everywhere. You supposed to be feeling like Lord, not only did you allow me to catch a fish, but I gotta throw some of this to other people because I'm gonna sink if I keep all this fish in my boat. God is a multiplier, but unhealthy strength. I have you walking around. I went to the, let me tell you, I don't know why I'm going this way. But I went to the barbershop, y'all. And and I love going to the barbershop. And I love taking my son. And I don't go to no Christian barbershop, right? So <laughs> it be some everything going on. But I love going to the barbershop because it's like, you know, it, it's like you get to, just be around people and hear them talk, not in a judgmental way. And they know I'm a, they know I'm a pastor. So when they start cussing, my baba look at them and they be like, oh my bad, real. But but I was just listening to these guys talk, and a lot of them, they were truck drivers and they had all these jobs and they making this big time money. But then the sad part was like either they would turn around and tell a sad story about how they lost the money, how they truck broke how they got in the wreck and had to pay all this liability or they got all these kids and they paying all this child support so they don't have like money to spare. Or, you know, then they looking like just you my same age, but you look like you my granddaddy. Like, cause life has just been hard to you. And I just like, that's what un- unhealthy strength to have you doing. It's like, even, even things that God has blessed you with, will become a burden to you. y'all catch that now even the things that God has blessed you with like money will become a burden to you you won't be able to keep it or you won't live long enough to enjoy it that's what unhealthy strength does but when you depend on the Lord it's like you have that contentment you have that contentment that allows you right where you might not have as much as the as as, as whoever, but when people look at you, they are looking like, "Dang, you rich." That's how you, that's how you, you know you ever look. That's somebody. They actually got money, but they don't look rich. Like you don't look rich, you don't look happy, you don't look healthy, right? You got you you got all this drama going in your life, but you got everything that the world says you suppose that makes you successful. Unhealthy strength will have you messed up. It'll have you on a 40-year detour. And that's why I like all, everybody in here, you know, this is for everybody, but especially y'all that's 20 and under. Like, don't get out of the mind state that you got to wait till you grow up to start living for the Lord. Like, now is the best time. Now is the best time. Because let me still tell you what happens when you get 40. And you turn around and your mama's 60. And you start seeing, like, all right, now, I just lost my classmate. You don't think about that when you're in high school. I just lost my classmate. This classmate got breast cancer. All right, my auntie just passed. And you realize, like, whoa, I'm 40. I'm gonna be. I'm getting up there, and then you are gonna start to say, "Well, what did I do with my life? Where did where did my life go?" And it's gonna be like a forty year detour, a forty year detour. I think about some people that's in jail all the time when they get thirty to life. That's a thirty year detour. They would talk about that at the barbershop, too. How some of the young guys they just they want to be there. How they just want to go back, or at least when they in the courtroom, they just say, "Come on, you know," because they anxious to get. They they thinking when they go in at eighteen that twenty years is nothing. I can oh, I could just do that. I can still get out and be be uh however years old, thirty eight years old, and I still can live. That's the wrong, that's unhealthy strength. That's that's an unhealthy mind mind state. That's unhealthy strength. Amen. So I just close by saying, y'all depend on the Lord. You might think you in the worst spot situation that your life turned out how it wasn't supposed to turn out but God has you exactly where he wants you and I know that's hard to hear when you've been through trauma I know that's hard to hear when you have lost loved ones Take you back to that 25th verse. God saw the sons of Israel and took notice of them and was concerned about them, knowing all, understanding all, and remembering all. And y'all know what's going to happen after this? Moses is going to have that burning bush moment. God started talking to him out of a burning bush, and God said, "Go set my people free." Right? And even then, Moses is going to struggle with, "How, Lord? How do I do this?" And God just like open up your mouth. He said, "I give you know I give you your brother. I give you these people to help you." He said, "But just go. I'm gonna give you a rod and a staff. Like I'm just go." And that's the thing, y'all. When God. This is how you know it's good. When God starts talking to you, it be so strong that you can't resist it. I know some of y'all think, you know, you made the decision to come to church today, but it wasn't you. <laughs> it wasn't you. Like when you when 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 there's something on the inside of you that's say, Man, I know I need to go to church. Like even if you're not consistent. That's the Lord trying to work something out in your life, and the more that you surrender to that feeling, to that feeling, the faster your healing process can begin. Amen. 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 Like I think I remember telling Sister Bush, I just said one time when she came to the altar, I say, consistency. You you can't you can't sit up under God consistently, and nothing don't happen. Something's going to happen. Amen. 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 Y'all come on and give the Lord a hand.